Welcome to the Politics of Everything. I'm Amber Danes, your host and podcast producer. This is a half hour of power, a podcast dropping every week where I unpack the politics of everything, from money to motherhood, nutrition to narcissism, startups to secularism, the environment, quality, and much, much more. Our guests are seasoned in the field or topic of their choice, even if you've not heard of them yet. This is a non-partisan show. So while I love exploring varied views and get a buzz from a healthy debate of ideas, this is not a purely blue, white, green program. Please subscribe, tune in and enjoy the politics of everything. Courage means different things to different people. I've known Sonia MacDonald for around seven years. Her personal story has much to do with courage in the face of some pretty hard times, and she's been able to rise above it all to forge her own successful path. Sonia is a global leadership executive coach and advisor, a thought leader, dynamic keynote speaker, and award-winning author. She's also CEO and founder of Leadership HQ and McDonald Inc. And through this, she empowers and builds great leaders and leadership across the planet. Named as one of the top 250 influential women in the world, as well as the top 100 Australian entrepreneurs by Richtopia, she's internationally recognised as an expert in leadership and strategy, organisational development, workplace diversity and the neuroscience of leadership. She offers more than 25 years of experience in HR management, leadership and organisational development and has held leadership positions around the world. She's also written several books on leadership, Leadership Attitude, Just Rocket, First Comes Courage, and she writes regularly for publications including Smart Healthy Women, Women's Business Media, and has been published in BBC Capital, The Australian, Business Insider, Smart Company, and a whole bunch more. So with great pleasure to talk about the politics of courage, I have Sonia MacDonald. Hi, Sonia. Hello, Amber. I've really got to do something about that bio. I think it's always challenging listening to someone else. Oh, uh, you yeah. talk about you, and I'm thinking that's way too long. But no, oh. it's, it's, it's um, you said it so beautifully. You're funny. That's actually one of the shorter ones. Some people give me literally everything they've ever done, and I'm like, it's not a job interview. This is a chat. <laughs> Excellent. I'm going to go back to young Sonia. What did you want to be when you grew up, and did you achieve it? Oh, wow. That is, that is, I'm stealing that question. I love that question. Uh, what did I want to be when I was younger? A teacher. Really? I wanted to be, yes. I wanted to be a teacher. And then all my high school teachers said to me not to be a teacher. Now, doesn't that say something? Oh, so, wow. So, yeah, I wanted to be a teacher. It's really interesting thinking about, and I invite everyone to do this when you kind of look at your life map is that I love teaching because I love children and also I love writing. So I used to write plays at school, which everyone used to come and come to school and all the all the my mates used to go, what's happened today? And it was like days of our lives kind of writing. And so I used to write these plays and oh, so creative yeah, writing, like kind of that sort of writing. Yeah. 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 So yeah, so yeah, I wanted to be a teacher. I wanted to be a teacher, oh, but yeah, I didn't. I didn't go down that path initially. Okay. And did you study when you were when you'd left high school? And did you do any formal kind of study of any kind? Yeah, I did a bachelor of business in human resources and psychology. Okay, yeah. interesting. Well, that kind of makes sense given where you've ended up, which is great. So, how do you define courage? And I guess is it the same thing as being brave, or have I kind of got those terms mixed up a bit? I can see why they're similar. I mean, I define courage and, and the book kind of came, 
so evolved from my other books and I was looking at, you know how you get, you know, you and I are on Facebook together, you get those like pop-ups, like this is what happened six years ago and this is what happened 10 years ago and you go, wow. And I was posting and writing and talking about courage all the way back then and I wasn't really cognizant of how much I was talking about it. And I think for me, courage is, you know, I think, gosh, standing up for what you believe in, doing something that scares you, you know, um, having belief in yourself, taking risks, feeling the fear and embracing it and doing it anyway. Oh, that sounds like something <laughs> yes. I've heard before. <laughs> Putting yourself out there, um, taking a chance. Yeah, and I think kind of look back when I look back on my, my life map, I've done it so many times that I wanted to kind of help everyone around the world embrace courage and, and, and you know, live and lead a life of what they truly want authentically. So that's why I'm so passionate about the topic. That brings me to your book, First Comes Courage, and it's based on the idea that the world's really crying out for that kind and courageous type of leadership. So how do you think more of us can find the quickest ways to develop, nurture and grow courage, maybe within us as individuals and leaders, as well as our teams and our peers and the people we surround ourselves with? Wonderful question. I think it was very interesting last year. I mean, I started writing and researching this book in 2019. So I think when when I published the book, well, I actually published it at the end of last year and then republished it again because I wasn't entirely happy with it. Talk about courage. Is <laughs> I, Look, I think people during 2020, a few people I was on this like kind, courageous mission of leadership that I felt that we needed more people and leaders. And I don't think leadership's a role or title. I think leadership is about choice, attitude and action. So I wanted people to see that we can all be leaders and we can all lead and live a life I always talk about my courage compass and everyone's compass is very different so when I talk about in the book my courage all the courage compass a lot of people love the compass is I talk about having that self-leadership obviously leadership does take courage but I think for first and foremost it does take kindness and empathy so I think it's around the thing with courage is people think it is about running into a burning building and saving someone and I'm so courageous. And it's like, well, that is courageous, right? That truly is. However, I think that it's, as I mentioned before, around there's lots of small acts or big acts in your mind around how to be courageous. And and being courageous as a human, sometimes I find people kind of don't want to be courageous because they're so fearful of making mistakes or being seen or uh, taking a risk and it not working out. It's like, well, you know what, go for it, embrace it. And if it doesn't work out, have that kindness and empathy that you're human and forgive yourself and just learn from it and keep going. So I think that's that's really important. I think also I talk about in terms of that compass, what's driving your courage around your purpose. So why you do what you do, you know, I think that keeps me courageous. I mean, it definitely during, I know, you know, COVID seems to be the most, probably the most, you know, talked about courageous year and even this year for many is when, I remember when COVID hit last year and we had all these plans around our mission and vision to build a world of kind and courageous leaders. I said to everyone around me when they said, we've got to cancel this event, we've got to cancel the awards and we've got to, and I said, let's stay courageous and stay on our purpose we have to stay focused on our purpose if we stay on our focus on why we're doing what we're doing it'll help us keep being courageous I think that is really important and even for you and your teams and your family 
and also practicing that kindness and empathy for yourself and your teams and your family and also you know the difference that you can make by being courageous and I mean even last week I was talking to this amazing woman in HR that's you know I just reached out to her she bought my book and she lent her book to her sister and her sister she rang me to say you know I just wanted to let you know my sister had feared something for a really long time she read the book and went you know what I want to make a difference I want to make an impact so this book gave her the the courage to be brave and courageous and she went and did it and that act of courage has changed her life you know and that makes my heart sing and the final thing I talk about when it comes to courage is being resilient and having that grit and just keep moving forward just keep moving forward I mean it's the only thing that we can do today and I think that's why there's a new style of leadership coming and that we need is courageous leaders yeah, you've summarised that really well and, and obviously there's lots of complexity and loads we could unpack within that. I guess in your mind, does having a hard or bad experience make us more kind as well as courageous? Like do you need to go through some sort of hardship yourself to kind of have that kindness which comes with the courage which you talk about in your book? Why or why not? Do you think it comes as a package deal or is it kind of you can still be kind without having necessarily experienced that hardship or walked in someone else's shoes in that similar way? I think so. It's interesting because, you know, I'm a big fan of the Stay Kind Foundation and the, the work that Ralph Kelly does and him and I have had several conversations around kindness and his mission and and also the you know the work that we're doing to champion and 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 embrace and really get out that whole new leadership that we need and you know I think it is I think you can learn you can absolutely and and he's spoken to psychologists and psychiatrists around the world we can learn kindness you don't have to have experienced hardships or adversity to understand what it means to actually show generosity and kindness and empathy towards someone else you can absolutely learn it and I think for me it's around or for us it's around coaching and teaching and educating people the difference that we can make because when you're kind to someone it produces great dopamine for yourself and the other person it can change someone's life or change someone's world and that to me is again leadership and imagine if we all practice one small act and random act of kindness each and every day. Imagine the ripple effect that would help have. So I think that you can definitely you can definitely learn it, but also when you experience kindness from someone else and how it makes you feel so wonderful, it makes you want to embrace it more and go, I wonder if I can start doing that for others as well. Yeah, it sort of inspires your better your better version of yourself, I think, sometimes when you see it in play. Oh, absolutely it does. And I think, you know, it, and I uh, wrote a blog about it recently around that we need so much more humility today. I'm seeing, particularly on social media and, you know, especially with what's going on at the moment, especially in Australia, if we're talking about politics, what's going on with the politicians and, a poli- you know, the federal and state politics, we're seeing unkindness. We're seeing people pulling each other down. I, I know there's a lot of fear and there's a lot of frustration and, you know, and, I, and I'm seeing a lot of unkindness and I get it when you're in that threat response or fear response, it can be, it can be challenging to be kind, but I think that, you know, if we, if you stay kind always, you can still be strong as a leader. I absolutely see that, but you can always show kindness and, and yeah, and it'll make, it makes such a difference. And I want to, I want our young people and our children to see that from us as well. 
So is there a time, like an example, even on a no-names basis, that you saw a leader change from, I guess, an old pattern of behaviour, which may be less courageous and less kind, to one of real courage, and that kind of inspired you? I'd love to hear something personal that you've witnessed in your professional life particularly. I suppose if I think about one of my favourite stories, not so much like a political leader, maybe so much a client that I worked with a few years back on a construction project. He was a superintendent. Uh, he looked like Santa Claus. So you kind of think Santa Claus is a kind person, right? Uh- <laughs> Absolutely. He's handing out those gifts. He's enjoying his, uh, you know, his uh, beer and his uh, mince pies, fruit mince pies for sure. Yeah, he definitely liked his uh his pies and his so I you know I, I remember getting a call from the human resources department going hey Gordon we're having some interest we're having some some difficulties or challenges with Gordon he's going on to site and he's not very kind so he's obviously leading a lot of the a lot of his team on the paddock and he's not showing a lot of kindness he's going in there quite um, autocratic in his leadership and they said, we want you to coach him. And I'm thinking, okay, and this was like a 60-year-old guy that's been brought up on the tools who wasn't demonstrating kindness. And I remember walking into his office thinking, okay, this is going to be interesting. And I sat down, he just looked at me and I just told him about, you know, how I was going to be his, you know, trusted advisor and his coach and teach him about empathy and emotional intelligence and you know, had different ways of leading. And he just looked at me and went, I don't think so. Like, you know, and I, mean, and, you know <laughs> I was going to say, I couldn't see that necessarily panning out immediately for you there. Just, just from the description you've given. No, it didn't. It didn't actually. I was sitting there thinking, oh, this is going to be hard work. Right. And I persisted. Talk about courage. I persisted. I went in, there were times where he just would glare at me and I'd talk and ask questions and he responded I was like thinking what is going anyway I thought oh this is going to be tough and I just kept persisting and then one day he opened up his drawer and he had he had this DVD I just happened to notice in his drawer and it said The New Earth by Eckhart Tolle and I looked at him and I said what's that what's that what's that audio what's that DVD you've got in there I said it's called The New Earth by Eckhart Tolle and he looked at me and went yeah what about it and I went you you've been telling me porkies. I said, if you're listening, are you listening to him? And he went, well, my wife made me. And I said, ah, you're open to this, aren't you? You're open to growth and learning. And he went, well, maybe I just, you know, I, I you know, I don't, and, he, and literally he just didn't know any better. It was like, well, I've left school when I was like 14 and I was a tradie, you know, I was brought up on the tools. This is how I was taught to lead. No one's taught me any differently. And I said, look, if you've got a growth mindset and if you're open to me working with you, I said, it's going to take time. But honestly, Amber, after 12 months, it was on, it was so inspiring seeing. I mean, you know, I'm just there as a facilitator, right, and I'm their cheerleader and so and I'm their educator. They do all the, most of the work. But to see his mind open and to see how different he was with everyone, like he really started to show so much more kindness and empathy and then he took me out to lunch up at the Red Bank Plains for a subway, you know, he said, let's, you know, I'm going to take you out, buy you a six-inch tuna subway. And I was like, okay. And he sat there with tears in his eyes going, you have no idea how you've changed my life. 
like I'm kind of to myself, I'm kind of to others, I'm seeing how I'm building so much tr- more trust on the paddock. You know, the, the, the guys in the paddock are talking to me a lot more, they're sharing things. And I thought, wow, like that, those are the moments where, because you can, you can make a difference. You just have to, you have to be open to it. And we all can, we can all be kind and courageous. I think that's, that's the world I want. Yeah, absolutely. No matter your background or or I guess how much education you've had or what industry you're in, I guess I've got a bit of a doozy to throw at you. Do you think that's easier to see in women versus men or it really doesn't make a difference? Does gender play a role in that idea of courage and kindness coming together? Oh, wow. Look, I think we probably probably think from evolution that women are more predisposed in terms of makeup or how we're wired to show more empathy or emotional intelligence and again that's just due to the you know the way we've kind of been wired you know kind of we're the more nurturing caregivers you know collaborators because of those cavemen cavewomen days you know the men were out there fighting dinosaurs and keeping us safe and we were you know back in the caves making sure, you know, we were taking care of the children. And so I, I, I you know, I, I see, look, I, I probably would lean towards maybe it's more, uh, you know, not that I think that's, I think that's a good thing. But in saying that, I've also met men, loads of men and work with loads of men that are incredibly kind and show lots and lots of empathy. And I've seen the opposite in women that have been unkind and haven't shown empathy. But I think the thing with men, it's a little bit of nature and nurture. I think men have been taught that showing any kindness or empathy is seen as a weakness. Absolutely. So I think if we could teach our boys very early on, which I know that you're really passionate about with your beautiful boys, is to to show that kindness and empathy very well. And as parents, I think being a parent is our most important role. We can really support and help boys and men embrace it, but also at work create environments where we are talking about vulnerability and kindness and empathy. I mean, like most of the work I do do, funnily enough, is in male-dominated industries, engineering, construction. Amber, a lot of the guys would come into my coaching sessions and go, I'd go look at them in my coaching sessions one on one, going, "But you're not, you're different in the, this room than you are out there. What's going on?" Said, oh no, no, I don't want to. I, I don't want to. Sh- like, I have to show that I'm tough out there. And I'm like, right. So there's two personas happening sometimes, yeah. even in the same same sort of period of someone's life. Like, it's not a one way transition where you know you might imagine them being, okay, I've had this epiphany. I'm going to be kind all the time and courageous all the time. But then there's, I guess, it's that old habits die hard sort of idea too where people have a view of you and you think you've got to maintain that oh yeah absolutely it's kind of like I need to put this mask on because that's that's how I'm accepted you know um versus well maybe I should let the real me show out like I the honest and the research shows it and I've witnessed it and I've experienced it and I've coached it worked it with the leaders the men that and unfortunately we've got mostly men as CEOs the men that I've worked with that are kinder and more empathetic and have high emotional intelligence, the difference I see in their teams and their organisations and culture completely exceeds ones that the, that don't. And we know when, we, when we're working with leaders that show those 
those skills, those areas in their leadership, and you've, and I'm sure people are listening, you've worked with those people and those organisations and you know how it feels. You feel safer, there's trust, you're more motivated, you you feel like you cared about, which is ultimately what we want as human beings. You ultimately go to work to be cared about. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's not just about the work you do, it's how you do it and why you do it and all those things as well. I want to change tack a little bit. The idea of being vulnerable has been applauded, I guess, in the modern leadership circles. I think of a Brene Brown style leadership, but the courage to be selfless and strong sometimes seems easier when you are already a leader because you're in that position of power and authority. So you have that freedom in a way. Um, some people may not feel that they do, but I guess you do. You have more freedom once you reach that kind of top of the pinnacle, if you like. So what advice do you have anyone for anyone in their early or mid-career journey that's not yet at that kind of pecking order, if you like? They don't see themselves yet as a leader. They may not have a C in their title, a C-suite title, um, but how would they actually kind of work on that? Because it feels like power can be left sometimes just to those who already have it. So do you have an experience on how you can guide younger people to be more courageous? That's such, that's such a good question, Amber. I think for young people, uh, gosh, to be more courageous, and I am seeing our generations, all the, like the millennials and Gen Zs, I'm seeing some wonderful courage. Uh, I think self-awareness is really key. I think embracing... In embracing who you are and really loving and accept that self-acceptance and self-kindness I think is really important so I think self-awareness knowing what your values are and staying true to your values and and also not judging yourself and therefore not you know I find when you're, you're non-judgmental to yourself you're so much less judgmental of others as well I, I think that really helps with being courageous and kind and also just realizing that, and that's why I love talking to when I go and do any sort of keynote speaking, whether it's a school, university, or whether it's at a graduate program, is kind of, you know, I put a picture of myself at uni when I'm like, you know, 19 with my, you know, Thower Fawcett, you know, permed hairdo. And I go, time goes so quickly. Like, I remember. You know, I recently turned 50 and I look at that 20-year-old self and go, that seemed like yesterday. So I really talk and inspire and try to get them thinking around that life does go quickly and to live and lead the life they truly want and that does take courage and to go for it. You know, go and ask that person out for a coffee or go on, on LinkedIn and ask that person that you'd love to work for or for an opportunity. Like just go out there and make it happen. You know, if there's something, if you've got a dream or a goal, Go and talk to people. Go in and just have the courage to, you know, go. Who do? Who can I talk to, to help me around getting getting my dreams and goals or any opportunities I have? Like just live life to the fullest and whatever you love doing, go out there and you do it. And if you're passionate about it, go out there and do it. So don't let anything stop you or don't anything, don't let your... Don't wait. Don't wait and don't let your inner critic, don't sit there and think that you can't do it. Go, you know what, I might have these thoughts but I'm not my thoughts. Like I can do this and it's so important that we have that inner courage. Yeah, absolutely. So this is a bit of fun now. I'm going to ask you three questions I ask all my guests. So who have been your greatest mentors? There might be one or two. And why have they made such an impact into your life and your career? 
gosh, who's been like my greatest mentor? I read that. I thought that was, there's been so many people that have, have been a great mentor. I'd probably have to say currently one mentor um, who's been my mentor for several years is Ted Burnell. Yeah, he saw me speak years and years ago at a conference and he was working for them for the company that I was speaking at their conference at as a consultant. And he came up to me and said, oh, I'd love to take you out for coffee. I see something in you. And he's now been my mentor for several years and he's just such a great, gosh, champion, supporter. I feel really safe with him. He's really helped me in terms of where my business is going, where my focus is going. And he approached me. Um, there's definitely been me, people in my life I've approached them um, in terms of being my mentor. But in terms of someone that stands out would probably be Ted. Oh, it's great. Great to hear that. So if you could choose a favourite song, film or book, what would it be and why? And it doesn't have to be serious or courageous. It could be completely silly and trivial. <laughs> um, I really love Under the Tuscan Sun. Uh, Excellent. Why? Uh, it's about a woman that finds out she she's like a, oh, she's like an editor of books and things, and she finds out her husband. And she's very successful. She finds out her husband has had an affair on her, and she's devastated. So her friends buy her a trip to go to Tuscany to get away from it all because it's you know she loses a house because of it and everything she pretty much loses all this stuff and she goes to Tuscany and she just happens to wander into this amazing mansion or you know like it was run down and Tuscan house and it was just run down and she walks in and says oh I'm gonna buy like like on a whim like she didn't even think about it. she's like oh well, anyway she ends up building this wonderful life in Tuscany and meets this beautiful man so it was just a lovely romantic yeah, oh, yeah. excellent sounds like a good escape yeah. as well something you can watch on a rainy afternoon and get back into anytime and um yeah take you away to the Tuscan sun yeah <laughs> finally finally I'd love to just get a final thought or takeaway yeah. message for us on the politics of courage oh gosh I think Always remember, and I always say this, is that you can be strong as a leader and be kind. You can be courageous as a leader and show fear, but always, always first comes courage. And if there's, you know, if you can go out there and even by listening to this, you're thinking there's something that is lighting your fire in your heart or there's something that you're yearning to do or be or achieve then I really hope listening to this gives you that courage just to love that fear, embrace it and go, you know what, whatever happens, I'm just going to go for it because I only live this one life. That's great advice, great life advice. If you do want to connect further with Sonia McDonald, there will be some details on our show notes. Until next time, keep well. Thanks so much for listening today. If you've enjoyed the politics of everything, I thrive on your feedback. So please add a short review and share the podcast with your network through Apple, Spotify and all the usual suspects. I'm always on the hunt for new and diverse guests. So if you or someone you know has a fresh idea you're busting to get out there, please email me at amber at amberdanes.com and my crew will get back to you very soon.